All right, let's start out with who you are and what you do. Fantastic. We're Awaken Intelligence. So we are a British software vendor, and our absolute key focus is driving a better uh, experience for the agent. Because if we drive a better experience for the agent, that in turn provides a better experience for the customer. So we really focus on that agent experience. And what are you doing here in the U.S.? In Nashville, of all places, <laughs> that's a long, that's a long flight. Yeah, no, it's it's really interesting. So, being a British software company, a lot of British software companies want to get into the U.S. Um, because the contact center market is huge in the U.S., and it's that's all we do. We go off to contact centers and we support contact centers. Um, and because of our partnerships with people like Nice, Genesis, Eight by Eight. Actually, 50% of our business is in the U.S. So we are out here literally almost every month. What, what do you do? What, what are these partnerships? How do you partner with these, these big platforms? Yeah, so one of our big um, unique points as a business is we are platform agnostic. So we sit, our technology sits on top of every single telephony vendor. So if I look at our partnerships, they normally always start with those telephony vendors. So the big vendors I talked about, they quite often embed our technology within their solution. And also those, those other CCAS vendors, like NobleBiz, they also embed our technology inside their solution. And what does your technology actually do? Yeah, it's, we've got three different solutions. The first one is agent guidance. So it guides the agent through what they need to do, what they need to say, but also integrates those back-end systems. So the agent doesn't have to go between six different screens. They can sit within inside our one web application, and it integrates to all those back-end systems. The other technology is we have post-call analytics. So we really understand those telephone calls, those digital communications. We transcribe them into text, but we also understand the emotion and sentiment mm. within those calls. And what we do is we understand where the bottlenecks are in the processes, but we also understand where the agents are having challenges, also where the customer's having challenges, and also what the customer really, really wants. So we can understand that voice of the customer. And then our third technology, and um, we call it Copilot. I think Microsoft are just taking our name as well. Um, what we're doing is we're listening to that real-time voice. We understand the intent that's being said, and then we automatically prompt in real-time the agent to do that next best action. And we plug into chat GPT. So we're using that uh, generative AI to really provide power into our technology. Hmm. Yeah, I, you know... I was having a conversation um, with someone else on the floor today, and they were asking me, you know, where, what part of the world um, adopts innovation the most since I travel all over the world? And, you know, what I can tell you is Africa, of all places, has the, the most innovative, the most accurate and articulate innovation in CX because of their market conditions. But I was explaining to this gentleman that Europe is where the adoption of innovation happens the best because Europe, the P European CXers have a 
need to establish and deliver um, change in a more fundamental and foundational way than I think, you know, in the U.S., a lot of um, technology purchase decisions are done politically. And so it's it's interesting for me to speak to someone coming from <laughs> over there to here because I do think that you have a philosophical differentiation in your market approach. Would you, how would you respond to my my thoughts there? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And probably the biggest reason I think is every European country is its own small country with different languages, different market conditions. And so in the US, it's one big, huge market. Each state does things slightly differently. But compared to Europe, where every country does it totally differently, and they're really looking to get that competitive advantage across their competitors, they are always looking for that that advantage. Um, so it really drives technology companies like ourselves on because the feedback we get from our European customers is huge. They are always asking for this, that, the next best thing. So it, it really makes us strive to be better than anyone else. And the strange thing is our technology, when we're in the US, there's quite a few competitors. Um, I believe we're quite unique that we do process and AI. And I think that's fundamental and we can get to that later. But in Europe, it's, it's, a, it's a really funny area. You've got the countries and the companies wanting to drive innovation. But you also don't have the funds funding technology company to drive innovation. So I think it's quite hard for tech companies to really strive in Europe, but the ones that do, do really, really well. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense from what I'm seeing as well. Talk about this process. and Yeah, so, so when I went to CCW Vegas, um, every single company had AI written on their stand. And I, I feel sorry for... Uh, customers and prospects, because they walk around and all they say is, see is AI. Um, for me, you've got to look at the user cases. And it's fundamental that don't just use AI. What you need to use is the best technology, the best solution for your specific user case. So I'll give you an example. If I'm talking to an insurance company, and it's a first notification of loss, so an insurance claim, um, that company knows their process. They don't want AI guessing at the process. It's a very detailed process. The call could be 20 minutes, half an hour long. You want a process to drive that agent through that process. Now, if I go the other side to insurance and it's a renewal, you, there's no fixed process. The customer could come up with objections. You need the agents coming up with rebuttals. What you need there is AI listening to what the customer is saying and automatically prompting the agent with that rebuttal. So AI is fantastic. Process is fantastic for different user cases. And you need both of them to deliver that perfect experience for the agent. And that's where I think we are totally unique in the market, doing the process and the AI side. That, it's an interesting perspective. I'd be curious to know the origin story of Awaken. Yeah, I know. So we, if I look back over the years, 
So we were born out of my chairman's BPO. So Chris Robinson ran a BPO for about 15 years, and he realized technology was fundamental to driving that agent experience, but also that customer experience. So as he built up his BPO in the UK to about 1,600 people, he also acquired technology along that way. So he bought a company many, many years ago called Coolscriptor, which was the market-leading agent guidance technology, process-driven. And then about five years ago, he sold his BPO to a private base, uh, a PE company called Aqualine in the US. But we were able to take the technology that he'd used in that company, and that is the core foundation of Awaken. So we had the agent guidance, the voice analytics, and now we've got this new company that's five years old called Awaken, but most of our technology has been used for 20 plus years. We've had uh, partnerships with Genesis for 15 years. We've had companies like Cytel, now called Foundever, and they've been using our technology for 15 years. So we've got the history and the pedigree, but in this new company that's really driving the boundaries of technology. And on those boundaries, you've introduced generative AI recently? Yeah, totally. So this also comes back to our belief as a company. Everything we develop has to be so simple to use. What we don't want to do is bring technology to a contact center, and then you have to use developers or analysts to be able to use it. So we make our technology so simple to use. Um, and that is our f absolute foundation. Um, and I think it's key that all of our technologies has that, that idea in the back of our heads. It's got to be simple. So you're using generative AI to make things simpler? Partially. Um, the really interesting thing is when we started going down the route of real-time agent guidance assistance, we were looking at and we integrated to um, Google Dialogflow, um, AWS, and that whole generative AI, those technologies are amazing, but one of the fundamental uh, barriers with those technologies is when you're listening to a call and the customer's speaking to you, they won't just talk about one topic. They'll talk about many different topics. And most of those technologies can only understand one intent, one topic. And so it was good but it was not delivering what customers, real-world customers, really need. And then when ChatGPT came onto the market, it totally changed the world. Their technology enables you to understand multiple topics or intents on a call and then deliver that agent guidance in real time. So we've plugged in uh, ChatGPT. What's also been a total game-changer is now ChatGPT is hosted inside Azure. So Microsoft are bundling up um, OpenAI with inside Azure. So now you've got the security behind it, and we've embedded that inside our technology. Do you have a demo of that here at the show? Uh, yes, we do. And gonna, it's, we're going to have to go get that on camera. It's really cool, really cool. Awesome. Well, tell me about your origin story. I mean, the, 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 the podcasters want to know about you too. <laughs> Yeah, no, I've, so I've been in technology 20, I always say 20 years, because I think it shows my age. I think I've actually been in technology 25 years now. Um, 
I've always worked in technology. It fascinates me. So from a very young age, when I left university as an engineer, I was like, engineer's great, engineering's great, but um, it's not fast moving enough. So I just wanted to look what, what could excite me. I'm one of these people that gets bored really easily. So I need to keep learning. I need to keep absorbing new information. And technology just, I fell into it, and it just excited me. Because three years in technology is a lifetime. And for me, I'm always learning new stuff. Um, I joined a group called Pavilion. And it's, this is a group of CEOs in the technology sector. And we get together literally every two months. And I'm just learning what other people in the different sectors are doing. And I'm trying to see how I can bring that experience into our sector to make a real difference. So most of my background is uh, large US software companies like IBM, Tibco. But in latter years, I wanted to work for smaller companies because then there's nowhere to hide. You're at the cutting edge of technology. And um, my chairman, Chris, um, invited me to come in and run Awaken five years ago. And I've loved every minute of it. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I'm, I, I like being out here on the fringe too myself. It's a, it takes a certain kind of personality. So, what do you think? Where do you think uh, this technology and and the industry is headed in the short term and, and in twenty twenty four? What's what's your prediction? So, the reason I love this industry as well is it's a bit of an oxymoron. Every time I speak to a contact center, it, it irritates me. The, the customer experience I receive is still not great. And so I just see there are such massive strides this industry can take to provide that better customer experience. And the other area I feel really sorry about is with the advent of AI over the last five years, a lot of those simple tasks have moved, so they are now self-serve, which is brilliant. But what it means is the agents are having to deal with more complex tasks. They're being paid pretty low wages to deal with complex issues and irritated people because they're often having to wait a long time to get through to someone. So you've got this perfect storm of people not being paid that well, complex issues, and they're just being thrown in the deep end with four, six weeks training, and actually they're not being supported. So I really do feel I'm on a mission that if our technology can guide and simplify that agent process, then we can make such a change to this industry. And I'm going to give one example. One of our customers, NRTC, they're a large telco in the US. They were having real challenges with churn. Uh, they have complex issues, so people will phone up and their broadband's down. There's issues with their telephony capabilities, and these agents were just really struggling. Four years ago, NRTC would only hire three-year um, experienced agents uh, because it is quite a technical call. They can't find those tenured agents now, so they are having to hire brand-new agents, and they weren't supporting them and guiding them. So their churn rate was huge. What they've now implemented is, one, our voice analytics to really understand and score their agents, but also our agent guidance system to support the agents through that call. 
what they've now seen is all the money they used to waste on recruitment because people were leaving so often, they've now stopped that. Because they're guiding the agents and supporting the agents, the agents are staying longer. Because they're now scoring the agents with that voice analytics, they're taking the money they've saved from recruitment and they're now providing bonuses to the agents for better performance. Their churn rate has reduced by 50%. And their agents are happy because they're supported and they're getting bonuses for delivering a great customer experience. It's, that's what every contact center should be striving for. It's a strange world in customer service coming up in this next couple of years <laughs> with generative AI. There are so many new entrants into this space, more entrants in the last few years at a velocity that I've ever, I, did, I wouldn't even imagine. It seems like every time I come to a show, there's a whole new group of contenders and is that because it's getting easier to build these platforms? I mean, if I comparatively, you know, you, you mentioned this, you know, 15, 20 year uh, pedigree of solutioning in the space and your experience level. And, but you have newcomers coming out of the woodwork who say they do some similar things and they have similar access to technologies. They don't have your experience or wisdom, but what's happening there? Why are there so many new competitors? It's getting very confusing for the marketplace. It's getting really confusing. And it's, you hit the nail on the head. Oh, sorry. Oh, you guys, it's okay. I don't need the room until later. Okay. So we'll just Thank you. Um, it is really confusing. And you hit the nail on the head. It is because anyone can start a company now. With people like Amazon and Azure, you don't need to set up servers and stuff like that. You can literally turn on a service. The biggest thing that I would almost caution customers with is we took a long time, two years, to go through ISO certification. Uh, in the US, it's very similar to SOC certification. It basically means that we are protecting our customers' data. With the advent of AI... I would expect no less coming from Europe, by oh, the way. It's, it's huge because with GDPR and things like that, if you don't protect people's data, you won't win any business. And yet people are signing up with new vendors, giving their data, their customers' data to these new vendors that haven't gone through that process. I look at the papers every week and there's a breach. Someone's lost someone's data. And the reputational damage from that, yet alone everything else, is huge. But I just, I think everyone needs to be careful about giving their data to people. Um, and in Europe, even though we integrate to ChatGPT, uh, out of 50 people we're speaking to about this, only two of them will allow us to use ChatGPT because they're still worried about security. So you ask what's going to happen in 2024. I do think ChatGPT, generative AI, is going to make a huge difference. Do I think most companies are ready for it in 2024? I don't think they are. Because I think we're at the start of this journey. And I think customers, the real trailblazers, will use it in 2024. I don't think this will really, really start building till 2025, 2026. At that point, I think everyone should be using it. Because if it can 
really drive efficiency, additional productivity in your business, and more importantly, a better agent and customer experience, it's fundamentally huge. I, I, I agree with your timeline there. You know, I've been, I'm curious to, after we have this podcast, go film some of your presentation because <clears throat> there are a couple of innovative companies who are doing this. I've been watching them since, you know, November of last year, seeing how companies like yourselves implement. And I agree with you. It's almost like playing with fire in that if you don't have fire and you're in the wilderness of customer experience, you're going to be cold. And those who know how to harness this new thing, those will be the, 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 those that thrive and survive. It's, the, there's, there's no going back. The, the generative AI efficiencies, capabilities, miracles, magic, fantasy, whatever a person, however they have to, to take a moment to process it. For those who have used generative AI and solved some problems, they've, every one of those people has come to realize that there is, we, people throw out this term, uh, a multiplier. I just, I hate all these jargon <laughs> words, but a force multiplier. Give me a break. Anybody who's used generative AI in, in, to actually solve a problem and been successful has had to take a moment of reflection to understand what just happened and how fast it happened. Because there, there's, there's never been anything like it. There really hasn't. And, um, We've, we've weaved it into all of our technology, but we've had to do it in a very sensible way that you can either use it or you don't have to use it. Yeah. Because of what I talked about earlier, some customers are prepared for it, a lot aren't and don't want to use it yet. But we're using it in all different ways. So in our agent guidance, we're having the ability to literally have that call summarized, automatically fed into your CRM with the key bullet points brilliant side of that with our post-call analytics whereas before we used to have to almost build these search packs to look for keywords now you can literally type a prompt in generative ai and it's searching across every one of your calls to bring that back so the the way it's simplified and speeded up that way to be able to uncover that key information in your data at literally the click of a fingers is just unbelievable. So um, I think it's amazing. And it is going to change our world fantastically. And the other thing that I see is we, we don't go down the route of that simple process side. There's a lot of vendors that do that. Where Awaken sits is we help customers with complex interactions or high emotion interactions where you still want to go through to an agent because it is complex. What we want to do is sit beside that agent using AI to almost handhold them through that interaction. So we will always be that almost robot AI that sits beside your agent to support in those complex interactions. You know, Simon, you've just articulated my hope for the future is that that very thing happens. I, uh, I spoke to the CEO once, uh, he was on a podcast from eGain. 
and they were doing a lot of AI stuff. And this was before the big hubbub of GPT. And he said one of the most insightful things I've ever heard anyone say about AI, because I asked him, I'm like, let's just be real, chatbots suck. And like AI and all that, it's like, it is terrible. Like the engagement from those interfaces at this time and for, for the audience, this was at least three years ago. He was in season one, we're on season five of this podcast. But he said this thing that stuck with me, and he said, the power of AI isn't in the challenge and response, the question between the customer and the agent. The power of AI is in the ability for AI to help the person who uses it learn. And now I understood that at that time, but with OpenAI, ChatGPT, and the generative large language models, now that has become exponentially. Like, it's this year, this time, literally, this time we're speaking last year to this year is like the difference between throwing a bullet and shooting it <laughs> when it comes to technological uh, prowess of AI. I'm excited to, to see what you're doing in your platform. What, what advice would you give another CEO in the world of customer experience for, for Q1 of next year? So I will put a positive note, but I'm also going to say caution. So, so because I've worked in the tech sector for many years, about six years ago, um, RPA, Robotic Process Automation, came out. And it was a big game changer. Pretty similar to AI, but probably not quite as big, but pretty similar. Every company or every CEO of a company basically told their tech team to go and buy RPA. And so what did they do? They all went and bought RPA. The problem is no one actually thought about how I'm going to use RPA and how I'm going to get benefits out of RPA. They just all bought it. And then I remember dealing with a lot of the RPA companies, and two years after they'd sold it, they were trying to go back into the customers to actually build value because people were then stopping to use it because there was no value, there was no user cases. So the thing I would say is AI will absolutely transform our industry, but don't just buy AI. Look at your user cases. Make sure you're buying the right technology for the right user cases to drive a real difference. And that's why I love speaking to you, Dennis, because you're all about that customer experience side. Let's not lose that focus. We need to be making sure we're delivering a fantastic agent experience, which then delivers that fantastic customer experience. So don't just buy technology for technology's sake. Buy it for that specific user case. I love it. Simon, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Uh, cheers, Dennis.